reaching out and passing the peace of Christ with one another. Just a little other invitation to remember not to leave the campus without reaching out to each of your fellow men, members and guests and pass the peace of Christ. So last Wednesday, uh, it's often called the Day of Ashes, and it's marked the beginning of Lent as we spoke early. And Lent is 40 days. It's a 40-day season when we slow our pace down as we journey through the wilderness of our souls. We're not asking you to stop. We're just suggesting that you slow down your pace as you go through this 40 days wilderness deep into your soul. And as you go deep into your soul, we're going to also encourage you to to, uh, tread carefully. Treat yourself nice, be kind to yourself, and to think deeply. Uh, There are a lot of things going out in our world today that sometimes, even without thinking, you already decided uh, what to think or what to do. Give yourself an opportunity to think, not in haste, so that God may open your mind to new possibilities and new understanding. And then we must be willing. We must be willing to lay ourselves bare before God and to come clean. Okay? And to come clean. Now, Lent is not intended to be a downer. It's supposed to be a reminder that life is short. Just to remind us that life is short and therefore that we must seize the moment, right? And, and rejoice in the moment. It's been a gift to you. And rejoice in the moment. Think about that Lent starts with ashes. But Lent ends in a garden. And in the garden, it's teeming with new life and new possibilities. So there is a progression that at the end of this journey deep into your soul that we will be in a garden. So this is the context in which the prophet Joel speaks to us today. And I'm going to read from the uh, message. What we have in our pews is a new RSV, so I would encourage you just to listen because it's a very different interpretation and language. So from verse 12, it reads... But there's also this. It's not too late. God's personal message. Come back. Come back to me and really mean it. Come fasting and weeping. Sorry for your sins. Change your life. Not just your clothes. Come back to God, your God. And here's why. God is kind and merciful. God keeps God, excuse me. God takes a deep breath, puts up with a lot, and this most patient God, extravagant in love, always ready to cancel catastrophe. This is the word of God. Let's pray. Amazing God, we give you thanks that. We're part of this seasons of life with you. 
Advent season, the incarnation, the coming of Christ. Epiphany seasons, the manifestations of Christ in our lives. And now we move into the Lent season. A time to pause and take inventory of our lives. <clears throat> and so as we take inventory of where we have been, Lord, and where we are and where we need to be, we ask that you will touch us gently and kindly, O oh Lord, and that maybe at times you need a little scrubbing. And as you go about doing that in our lives, O oh God, we ask that you draw us closer to one another so we remain together in this journey. But most importantly, that you'll draw us closer to you, O oh Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. So the prophet Joel urges the people of God to come clean, right? To come clean. And the people of Israel are in a time of a national crisis, okay? And the crisis, if you read the four chapters of Joel, the crisis is very simple. It's that there is this locust infestation that has invaded their land and is destroying everything in sight. Now, I want us to think about, because people think locusts, you know. Well, by the way, there is a locust infestation, I believe, somewhere in Africa, I think it is. Uh, and so you will see some of the news, and you see all these little critters flying, and they eat anything that is green in front of them. And they just don't stop. The life of a locust is very short, so they have to procreate constantly, right? So I want you to think that the Bible doesn't necessarily just is speaking here about an insect, in fact, it is used metaphorically if we understand the context in which the prophet speaks to his people. And what the prophet is speaking here is about a progression of sins. Meaning, there's been corruption in the land, and not just like yesterday, it's been bubbling up. And how then, when you do not address at the beginning of this corruption, at the beginning of these stages, if you do not address it immediately, because maybe you're looking to the other way, saying, oh, I hope it goes away. We do that. Or maybe you rationalize it with some false statements. Or maybe you're justifying the choices that you're making. If you don't nip it at the beginning of it, it will spiral out of control and it will open the doors for death and destruction. So the prophet is speaking to them because there is this spiritual drought that threatens the entire welfare of the nation. So Joel simply is <clears throat> describing the barren reality. That's what prophets do. They just are honest, straightforward people. They put it out there, and they know they're going to get it on the chin. But God is asking you, you need to tell the people this is what's going on. So he just describes the bare reality, but he goes up further, and then he places that reality side by side with the compassion of God. And how do we know that? Because there is a call in our reading today that says, yet even now. That means that going in the past, God is saying, but people, even now, God says, even now with all the stuff that has gone in the past, God says, return, come back to me. 
because I am breaking into the world and I'm bringing a new salvation. But here's the thing. When we Christians hear the word Lent, what goes through your mind? Right? Miserable. That's what, that's what it is. It's a miserable time because for 40 days you are led to think that you are a terrible person. You cannot have any fun. You have to give up whatever is your favorite thing in life. Maybe it's chocolate. Maybe it's a little glass of champagne, a little glass of wine. Maybe it's Buddy's Pizza. You know that Pam and I like Buddy's Pizza, right? And you need to give that up because someone is going to ask you, Jerry, what are you doing for Lent? What are you giving up for Lent? And Jerry's going to feel like, oh my God, what do I, I, Sharon, what do I say? Chocolate. And he has to do that because he has to show that he's sacrificing in some extent and he doesn't want to disappoint you that he's not carrying the Lenten season seriously enough. Nothing? Whoa. Ah, he's doing something extra. Ask him a little bit later after worship. So in the reading of the prophet Joel, God is encouraging the people to a Lent-like penitence, repentance. God says, come back. Return to me with all your heart. God commands it fasting, weeping, and with mourning. Just change your heart, not your clothing. See, Joel is acknowledging that penitence and repentance will most likely come with a little bit of pain. It, it just happens to be that way. And it's recognizing and thinking about that those bad things that we have done in our lives is not a pleasant experience, so you don't want to even remember them. But we're not here to wallow in that experience, right, in that guilt. Lent is a dedicated time period when we can focus on coming back to God and finding that God is waiting, has been waiting to receive us back in fellowship, waiting to reconcile each and every one of us to God. And so the rendering of, the 51, of, the, of Psalm 51 verse 7 in the message tells us and gives us a clue or how to come clean to God. And I'm going to share with you what the message, how the message interprets verse 7 in the 51st Psalm. It says, soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. So I want to talk about laundry today. You heard me in the past, in Ash Wednesday services, I talk about bridges, making a connection to crossover. I've spoken about uh, uh, saying the words, I'm sorry, uh, because I, I, I disappointed you, I hurted you. Uh, I talked about clutter, uh, trying to get your house in order, so get rid of stuff. I've spoken about all kinds of things, but I think in today's life, 
we need to talk about laundry. Seriously. Why laundry? Because it is a way of assuring you always that you'll have something presentable to wear again. Because let's be honest, none of us wear something just once and then put it aside. Fair? I mean, I have like five socks in my closet because I don't just throw them in the basket to be washed. Maybe six. You can ask Pam, and this is, you know, true again. You can ask Pam, I have this blue shirt, this flannel blue shirt that I wear as much as I can. It's a gift from my sister. I, if, if, if Pam will let me, I would wear that flannel blue shirt every single day. You can ask Karen too. She's a witness to that as well. You know. But no matter how much of clothes, change clothes that you and I might have, you still have to do some laundry. So the psalmist knew that doing laundry was not a delicate process either. And in those days, why didn't have you didn't have the comfort and the convenience of a washing machine. All these cycles, right? Dark cycle, white cycle, gentle close, permanent press, extra rinse, you know. And there's this agitator at the center of the, of the, of, of the big drum, right? There's this agitator, and that agitator has a purpose, and that is to spin and to twist and, and, and just break down all the dirt in that clothing item, you know, and just like... Just bam, 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 you know, the clothes is going around this thing. And then there's this wonderful spin cycle, right? It's just, you see, doing laundry was painful and time-consuming. And without modern soaps or machines, the dirt in the clothing would often have to be what? Beaten out of it, right? Slap into flat rocks, you know, or you get some sticks and you just hit the piece of clothing with sticks so that you truly are breaking down every piece of dirt in that fabric in order for you to remove the dirt or the stain. Soak me in your laundry and I'll come out clean. So when we pray to God like the psalmist to create in me a clean heart, healing and forgiveness, we want it to be done fast and easy. So when the psalmist is asking to be soaked, he is recognizing that he needs to be scrubbed again and again if he is to be clean at the core. What I'm trying to illustrate is that laundry, and I don't know how it is in your house, is not something you do once. When you think you have everything washed and everything folded and everything put away, guess what happened? In less than 24 hours, you have what? Another load. And it doesn't, have, it doesn't matter how much we wash these days. There's something more to be done. Daily or weekly. And this, this church is our life. Something to be done daily 
or weekly. This is our life. So the question that I ask myself and I ask my covenant of faith here, what then shall we do? Well, first of all, what is most important is our willingness to come clean, to be soaked in God's laundry and be clean. First of all, it's the willingness to come before God and then allow God to just soak you in God's laundry. So, I went back to my youth, childhood, and I remember my mother. And my mother, when I would come from the park, (laughs) filthy, dirty, oh my God, you know. Before I would walk in through the living room, she said, take your clothes off. (laughs) I was a little kid. Naked, right? Take your clothes off. And my sisters are there. Take your clothes off and get into the bathroom. You know, and I would run into the bathroom. And there she would patiently scrub out my dirt again and again behind my ears, you know. Under my nails, she would get up, brush, and get in there, you know, and then deep in my toes. She would get in between my toes, you know. I said, Mom, you're hurting me. Said, I got to get this thing out. Sometimes she'll do it gently. Sometimes she needed to put a little bit of effort. But she wanted to make sure that Eddie would walk out of that bath squeaky clean. And she did. How many of you remember that? That's your mother. You see, when we enter Lent, We have to be mindful that God is not seeking from you any perfection. God doesn't want any performance from you. God doesn't want any halfway, half-hearted effort. God doesn't want even empty rituals. But rather, God wants you and I to return to God with all of our heart. So I'd like to make a suggestion. In these 40 days, I want to invite you to take a moment. Take a moment and maybe, maybe, well, you're doing your own home at your house, doing your laundry, you know, and to reflect on your life. What areas of life need a good scrubbing? What routines I need to change? What things that clutter my life do I need to let go of? So that as you go about doing that, you can begin to carve out some space and time for God to abide with you. That's going to be our last hymn today, Abide With Me. What are the things in your life that need to change? Need some scrubbing. 
get rid of the stuff that clutters your mind and your heart and begin to carve out that space for God so that God can make a dwelling place with you. Soak me in your laundry so I can be clean. Maybe so for you as well as for me.